You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God. Beautiful Savior. It's an interesting time to be alive, isn't it? It's a wonderful time. And um, we, we had been looking at commitment for some weeks before now. And then last Sunday, okay, we looked at the early church as I came, took us there. And we also were reminded that they were persecuted. And these were things that were written. And so the season that we're in is, if we can call this, I, can't, I won't even call what we are in a persecution of the church. Because when you want to call something persecution of the church, it has to be peculiar to the Christians for Christ's sake. These are just perilous times, which the Bible says will happen in the last days. But the key from what we learned is that they depended on the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. They depended on the Holy Ghost, and you could see how, in spite of the persecution, the church kept marching forward. My prayer and my desire is that you will progress in this season. You will march forward in this season. You will bear fruit in this season. In the name of Jesus, and on Wednesday... We are reminded of the goodness of God, the power of God, and the love God has for us. And whenever you have an opportunity or we are taught, you know, on the attributes or the nature of God, the simple thing is, or the simple goal is to increase faith. Because our Lord Jesus teaching us says, have faith in God. Okay? And uh, Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe that he is. If I believe he is, then I need to know what he is like and who he is. Praise the Lord. So I can believe he is, but I will not know his capabilities and his capacities and, you know, the way he moves. So I believe in essence, and that's what I believe we've been praying, that what we learned on Wednesday was to increase our faith or to revive our faith so that we can be strengthened even in this season that we're in. This morning, I'd like you to come with me to a text in Mark chapter 4, and we'll take it from there as we go. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, we'll read from 35 to 41. I'd like us to read together. Mark four thirty-five to 41, and we'll read. Let's read. On the same day... When evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as it was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him, they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? 41. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless his word. Now we see in this account, in this passage, 
something interesting happening. Verse 5 says, on the same day, on the same day, now we know and we understand that the Bible, John telling us that if everything Jesus did was recorded in the scriptures, there will not be enough books in the whole world to contain it. What that says is this, the Bible is very economical. I believe most Bible scholars understand this. Every information, every word in the Bible had to be there. And the one that didn't have to be there, they left it out. It's so deep that when our Lord Jesus was going to answer a deep question, as much as is God the God of the living or the dead, he used simple uh, tense, past tense and present tense. He says God is called what? The God of Abraham. So not was. It's when he says God, or it means Abraham is still alive. Whether the dead are right, sorry. So the, the Bible will not give you information if there is nothing for you to do with that information. Are you with me? Praise God. So when you do your Bible study, take note of that. So when the Bible says on the same day, on the same day, it was saying something to us about that day. It meant that there was something that happened on that day that was necessary for you to carry and add to what is happening now. Praise the Lord. On the same day. So what happened on that day? If you look back from verse 1 of the uh, chapter in verse 4, chapter 4, verse 1. If you look back, the first line says, And again he began to teach by the sea. So that day was a day that he began to teach. And he taught them parables, in more than one parable, about three or four in that particular day. And after the teaching, he now said to them, let us cross over. So if we really want to understand this verse 35, what we'll read is this. On the same day after the lectures of the day had finished, he said to them what? Let us cross over to the other side. Now, if you have been in a particular class, maybe you're in Form 1 or you're in Form 5 or you're in a graduating class or whatever, after the classes are over, if they say, let us cross over to the next class, what is going to happen before the crossover happens? An examination. Praise the Lord. Clap for yourself. An examination. So what we see here immediately is that the master had been teaching, teaching, teaching. And he said, okay, let us cross over. And that's where he stopped speaking. They now tell us what happened. Come with me as we go to the next verse. So verse 36 says, now when they had left the multitude... Leaving the multitude, we understand that because if, when he was teaching, one of the things he explained to them was that what I'm teaching you now, the intention is that this, some people will see and not perceive. Some people will hear and not understand. But you, it's given to you that you might what? Understand the mysteries of the kingdom. So the multitudes were, or rather the multitude were left behind and then he took his students along in the boat. Praise God. Now verse 37 says, when... They made this journey. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the sea, so that it was already filling. Now, this is what is happening. This is concurrent. This is the situation they find themselves. The last time the master said, we are going to cross over. So, we are going over the sea. And then, all of a sudden, a great windstorm arose, and then waves began to beat in the boat. And then, the boat was filling. Okay, let me read 38 before we come back. But he was on the stand, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Let's stop here. 
Now, what is happening is told us in verse 37. Now, like everybody, let's read 37 again. A great windstorm arose. The waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Praise the Lord. Now, what did Jesus say to them before this time? He said, let us what? Cross over to the other side. Immediately, we see that verse 37 is challenging what Jesus said. However, we stop at that point and see what is going on here. The statement the disciples made in verse 38, when they said, Master, do you not care that we are what? Perishing. Now, is it a correct statement? Is it a statement of fact? What they said, Master, do you not care that we're perishing? If in a boat, a ship, there's a great windstorm, the waves are beating, and the boat is filling. If somebody says we are perishing, is he right or wrong? He's right, right? But is it a statement of fact? Is it a statement of fact? I'm confusing you. What I want you to see there is this. They were right based on their extrapolation. The way to simply get the answer, the shortcut is this. Did they perish? So if they didn't perish, even though it may have been a statement of fact, it was not the truth. Because we see that these same men, this was not the end of their story. So what had happened here is this. They had extrapolated the incidents and the circumstances and the evidences that they were seeing. And they say, based on the fact that there's a great windstorm, based on the fact that the waves are beating into the sea, and based on the fact that water is filling the boat, what is going to happen? We are going to die. Now, these people were only reasonable. They were only reasonable. But remember that we started by saying we are talking about faith. Faith is not very reasonable. In fact, the Bible says the just shall what? Live by his faith. Okay, many times Jesus will say to those he healed, he said your faith what? Has made you whole. Now, what we see here is that these people were, they were just being natural. They were concluding based on the evidence before them. And do you know that when you conclude based on evidence before you, you're not actually living in faith? Because faith, the Bible says, comes by hearing. Faith does not come by observation. Faith does not come by knowing what is happening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So what was the word of God saying to them at this time? The word of God, last word that was spoken to them was what? Was saying simple, let us do what? Cross over to the other side. But after then, they started seeing windstorm. They started seeing the waves. And then the water started getting into the boat. So being reasonable at that point, the projection is that they will perish. But now being reasonable was actually stepping out of faith. Because the word of God has said, you are not going to perish. I didn't say let us go into the sea and perish. Is that what he said? No, he said let us cross over the sea. In effect, what he said to them is that no matter what may happen on this journey, we are going to arrive. Praise the Lord, somebody. Thank you for that. Amen. Because God is saying to somebody, no matter what is going on now in your circumstances, you're going to arrive at the conclusion I told you before the journey began. 
Now, you see, we are human beings and God has given us very great powers to operate in the world. Remember, we are made in his image and in his likeness, isn't it? And I don't have the time, but you can take note of it. I pray we will be able to look at it on Wednesday. Genesis 30 verse 37 to 43. It tells us about what a man did. The man was named Jacob. And this man had a bad deal, you know, given to him that he, between bad deal and bad deal. By his father-in-law. And Jacob, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, learned some, you know, uh, biotechs that the world had never seen. And he was able to do something. Long and short was, he was able to take a stick and create lines in it and make some marks on it. And he would set it before the livestock. So that when the livestock saw the sticks, they would change their genetic order to look like what was on the stick. Are you getting what I'm saying? How many of us know that the Dalmatian dogs, white and black spotted? Okay, imagine a Dalmatian being made to change to a Doberman, which is plain black or plain, you know, brown, because he sees something. It shouldn't happen that way. You should engineer something into the genes to change that. But what was taught us in Genesis 30 is that as human beings and God's creation, you can change what you are by what you conceive. You can change what you are by what you conceive. That's why Jesus will say to us, he said, be it unto you according to what? Your faith. The woman with the issue of blood said, if only I could touch what? The hem of his garment, I will be made whole. This was all in her head. She didn't discuss it with Jesus. In fact, she didn't get permission. But as she thought, so it became. Doesn't the Bible say, as a man thinketh, so is he. Are you seeing what is going here? So when these people extrapolated the circumstances, their natural conclusion was they are perishing. But you and I are not called to be natural. We are called to be what? Supernatural. More so in the time we are living in. It's unfortunate that, you see, this exam has come, this coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, and all of that exam has come. And many of us are failing in it. But I thank God for his witnesses. Now, I'm not saying don't keep the rules. I'm not saying don't, you know, observe the social distancing and all of that. But if you're sensitive, you know that this is a windstorm. If you're sensitive, you know that even though the waters are filling the boat, you're not to perish. But you see, if you step out of God and who he is to you, look at the songs we sang to him. I was saying, can the spirit of God help you and I to see God as big as he is? If you knew how big God was, you will be humble, but sometimes you will behave like David. You will make your boast in the Lord. Somebody say, I'm going to make my boast in the Lord. Because you see, you have a big God. Tell yourself, I have a big God. I have a big, my God is not managing. He's all powerful. He's almighty. He's the multi-breasted God. Power belongs to him, we, we are reminded. He's awesome in all his ways. Praise the Lord. So with this type of God, this man, they had to discount him to extrapolate to where they will perish. You see, I can imagine if these people saw the water coming in and they were just laughing. Can you imagine that? It's difficult to imagine, right? They were just laughing. They, they could have done that because they would have said, what is going to happen? You know, what is our God going to cook up in this environment? But then let us leave this man and come to ourselves. What is happening in your life? 
What is happening in your circumstance? What is happening in your family? Even as a nation now, when I see the things happening in our nation, how many of us heard that they've increased the uh, hate speech, you know, uh, fine to five million, and then they say every time you talk about Buhari, you must say he's tall and handsome. Every time you talk about your governors, you must sing their praises. If not, it becomes hate bill. Nobody so hallelujah. We are getting into interesting. I'm watching to see what God will do. Praise the Lord, because God is going to do something. Yes, God will do something. That's what I'm saying. When you see these things happening, and you have heard the word of God, and it's anchored in you, you will just be expectant. You'll be expectant, because you know that his word will never return to him what? Void. His word cannot fail. He says the heavens and the earth will pass away, but not a jot nor a title of his word will go unfulfilled. So these men projected. What I'm trying to say to us here is this. Let us not project naturally. In your projection, factor in God. Even in economics, we are taught the G factor. The, I think, yeah, they don't know whether they call it God factor. But when they finish all the analysis, they say all things being equal. They're saying if God does not intervene. But say to yourself, he's going to intervene in my own situation. Praise the Lord, somebody. So they projected and they imagined and they went ahead and said, if this thing we are seeing is as it is, we are going to perish. Now look at verse 38. Verse 38 starts by saying something there. 38 says, but, that word but means all these things you're projecting, you did not factor that Jesus was in the boat. Somebody came to church today. Somebody's listening to me. And I just want to tell you, but sir, Jesus is Lord. But sir, Jesus has saved you. But sir, the blood has spoken over you. But sir, Jesus with his stripes has healed you. But sir, God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son into the world to die for you. But sir, Jesus is champion overall. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You have factored all of that, but that was what they missed out. They saw the wind, they saw all of that, but they missed the boat that Jesus was in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. Praise the Lord. Jesus is in Nigeria. He's Lord. The Bible says kings and kingdoms shall what? Pass away. But there is something. Yes, of the increase of his own government. What? There shall be no end. We have rise and fall of empires. Since Jesus was resurrected, he has never fallen. He ever lives. Praise the Lord. Of the, his kingdom will keep expanding. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand until what? I make your enemies your footstool. That's where we're going. When all the enemies of the church and of Jesus will become his footstool. We serve a king who is continually increasing. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, but, they miss but. They miss but. We started, we said here that no word in the Bible is put there by mistake. But, Jesus was in the boat. But I thought somebody should correct me. The Bible didn't say Jesus was in the boat. The Bible said Jesus was in the stern. Something interesting is happening there. You need to find what is happening. You see, if Jesus had been just in the boat, now, okay, okay, the stern is the rear part of the ship. It's like saying somebody is in a car, but the person is actually in the boot. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it was easy for them to think without Jesus. But the mistake they made was this. Jesus introducing himself to John in the book of Revelation. He said to him, I am Alpha 
and omega. Now, many times you and I are used to Jesus being in the front of us. So everything is automatically working the way he said it will work. But sometimes Jesus steps out of the front and goes to the booth. Is somebody getting me? Sometimes Jesus leaves. I remember those days. How many of us used to enter night buses then? And buses. I remember those days. You have the security men. They will stand in the front of the bus. I'll be with them. So if you're, entry, if you're boarding the bus, you see the security. Now, sometimes they hide at the back. You don't see them. But they're there. The, what the Bible was saying here was that Jesus was in the stand, in the rarest part of the boat. And not just that he was there. He was on a pillow sleeping. We're going to get to that. But the point there is this. Many times you may not see God actively in front of you. But it does not mean he's inactive. It doesn't mean he's inactive. And that is why faith must train you not to walk by sight. Because, you see, if you could see him, then what is faith there? They couldn't see him, but they could see the wind. Anyway, so the Bible said he was in the stern, rear part of the boat. And then look at the next one. It says, asleep. I don't know if, I believe many of us may have pondered on this. If you read your Bible, you should have pondered on this. If the boat was filling with water, I would like a child to answer this for me. So, so maybe you help me. Any other child? If the boat was filling with water and somebody, how many of us know what pillow is? Pillow is something soft, right? So it means the pillow should have what? Soaked, Benny. And then, and then you're lying down. How many of us did our parents wake us up with water? Oh, no, no, no. All of you are jabotas, right? You know, today now you call a child to wake the child up. The child wakes up after 45 minutes. Those days, if they call you and you don't wake up, once water touches you, sleep, sleep and water are mutually exclusive. They don't stay in the same place. So the question you and I should have asked ourselves, how can somebody, anybody for that matter, be sleeping in water on pillow? Is it possible? Doesn't that tell you something? That he was not sleeping. He could not have been sleeping. He set an exam for them. And he was acting as if he was sleeping. He wasn't sleeping. Why do I say so? Psalm 121. It's actually a beautiful psalm, quickly from one to four. Let's, let's just read it. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps me, he who keeps you, will not what? Slumber. Verse four says, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither what? Slumber nor sleep. God does not sleep. When it appears he's sleeping, he's only a test. He's only waiting to see how big you think he is. Many situations will come your way and you're saying, where is God? Now, look at what the statement they say. They say, do you not care that we are perishing? When last did we hear this? I think we heard this recently in church. The last time I think we heard this was when Martha said to Mary, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the service. But before we run off and miss what is here, who did they address? They said, teacher, do you not care that what? We are perishing. There are so many things there that one has to just care for so we get it. When you call somebody teacher, what do you imply? It means the person knows more than you. And if somebody knows more than you, 
what you're saying do you not catch could actually be a higher dimension of care. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The enemy will say he doesn't care. But if he's teacher, then he knows more. What I'm trying to help us understand, this is not a theory where to, I'm trying to help you interpret your circumstance. Because so many of us are in situations where religiously you won't say it out. But in your heart, you actually feel I'm abandoned. But the one who said, can a nursing mother, or rather, rather not said, ask, can a nursing mother forget her suckling child? Can she? He said, even though, as unlikely it may be, even though she may forget, what did she say? He says, I will never want. So if that is your God, and it appears he has forgotten you, doesn't that say something to you? That the teacher wants to teach you something. Somebody say, Lord, I want to learn. You know, when we say teachable spirit, it's not always when you're in church. It's between you and yourself. Many times you should find yourself in circumstances. And just like a child, you know, there are so many things the Bible says. It says, unless you receive the kingdom, what? As a little child. As a child, you should find yourself in certain circumstances. And just be laughing and say, Baba, Daddy, Daddy, what do you want to do? What are you going to review now? That is the attitude we should come. But if we become too old and gray-haired, what we are going to conclude is he doesn't care. But he always cares. Praise the Lord. And if we address him as teacher, then we should be in an attitude of learning. In a posture saying what? Speak for your student wants to learn. So they say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? It's an impossibility. Another one. In Luke 12, in Luke 12, 6 and 7, our Lord Jesus made a statement. He said to us, he said, add five sparrows, not so for what? Two copper coins. And he says, not one of them is forgotten before God. Not one of them. Then he went on and said, even the hairs for you now, it says, even the very hairs. I don't know for people like us. I think it might be the hair of our beard. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, even what? The very hairs of your head are what? Are all numbered. What is it? I say the conclusion is, oh, do not fear. Therefore, you are of what? More value than many sparrows. The sense there is this. God cares for you. God cares for you. Lord, this is how I'm feeling. I'm burning. My time is passing. This and that is happening. All that is happening. You must come from the position that the one you're talking to is already what? Caring for you. Jesus said to us, he said, your heavenly father already knows such things as what you need. You must come from this. Can somebody say to God now, I know you care for me. These things are important because we're going to go back to see. This is the exam. We're going to do review of the answer. So he said, do you not care that we're perishing? Then verse 39 now went on and says, 39 went on and says, he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And somebody will say here, but he's Jesus now. That's what he should do, isn't it? Remember the Bible says, as the father has sent me what? So send I you. And here, remember that these are his disciples. And the disciple in that time is not just a student. The disciple is an apprentice. Okay? So the disciple is supposed to function exactly the way his master functions, if he learns well. 
So everything Jesus was doing here, it was expected that these disciples were able to do it. But let's move on and see what he did. When he arose, notice something there. The Bible says he rebuked the wind and it was not in red. If you have your Bible, that's why I like to read from my Bible. If you have your Bible, he arose and rebuked the wind. Was, he did that and said to the sea, peace be still. When I saw this, the Lord said, let there be understanding. There should be a separation. The rebuking of the wind, the wind, the same word, the same you know, background of the word wind is the same word for spirit. There are situations you'll be in, you have to rebuke the spirit behind it. You see, COVID is a spirit, no matter how, whether you like it or not. It's a spirit that is operating, praise the Lord. And you and I consciously must rebuke that spirit because that spirit has come to bring fear. It has come to bring intimidation. It has come to bring poverty. It has come to bring the collapse of families, of nations, of businesses. You must rebuke the spirit behind it. Jesus rebuked the spirit. Now, they didn't tell us the words that he used to rebuke it. But what he said to me is that tell them that the Bible says, submit to God. Resist the devil. And what will he happen? He will have to flee. After he rebuked the wind, he spoke to the sea. And we know what he told the sea. What did he say to the sea? He said, peace be still. There are dimensions of response. In this time that we're, we're in, COVID, there is a spiritual response, sir. The Bible says that weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are what? Mighty through God to what? The pulling down of strongholds and casting down of every high thing that what? Has exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ. This COVID thing has been lifted and lifted. So people say, you know, there used to be stickers and say, Jesus is real. How many of us say? Now, what do you hear? COVID is real. COVID, 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 COVID. There's nothing wrong but for you and I that are spiritual, we must rebuke that thought. And you see, God has a witness. And I thank God because he always has a witness. They will say COVID, you know, this family, this COVID happened to this person. And then the rest of the family, it happened to the rest of the family. Doesn't that tell you it's not, uh, it's not roof? If we are under this roof, we are what? We are under the roof. We are under the roof. If we are in this building, we are under the same roof. But if we are in this building and the roof is shielding some people and is not shielding some people, then it means the roof has become a spirit. And then you yourself can say, I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. Is somebody getting what I'm trying to say? I've moved about, some of you don't go to the market. How many of us go to the market here? How many have been to the market lately? Or to where not big men live? Where, you know, the poor people live? When you get there, they left COVID in America. That's what I'm trying to say. They left COVID. They, 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 they did not invite it at all. They don't even know. And they're very healthy. They may be coughing, they're healthy. They're sneezing, they're healthy. They're eating from the same plate. They're slapping five. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because they left it. They're not listening to the news. They're not biting it. Somebody will say it's real. We're talking spirit things here. You know, in Igbo they say, You understand what I'm saying? You see, praise the Lord. I, I hope you're getting me. There are dimensions. He rebuked the wind. And said to the wind, you know, I don't know what he said. He may have spoken in the spirit. Maybe we should rebuke COVID. Masale kele kabo shanda. Masale kele banda. 
In that, you see, something that comes dividing the church, dividing nations, causing problems everywhere. When you hear men of God speak, you're wondering whether these are men of God or doctors. We can't come, we can't do this, we can't do that. The Igbos have another saying, sorry I put it, they say they would not use because of death and avoid war. We learn commitment here. Commitment means whatever may happen, I'm sold out. I'm gone, I'm not considering this thing already. But the beauty of it is this, Jesus has spoken his word. He said, let us what? Cross over to the other side. Your life and your life and my life are in his hands. Your life is in his hands. It's not in the hands of the circumstances. There are some things I've heard and some of them by error that have just helped me. I've told you about a man that had 20 something gunshots on his body, somewhere in his head. The man is still alive. Some people stone kill them. Some people, the sound of the gunshot, the gun didn't hit them. They died. This world is spiritual. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. You must rise up and rebuke some things. Rebuke the spirit of fear. Rebuke the spirit of bondage. Refuse to submit to what the world is selling. Didn't they tell us that we'll be falling on the streets and dying? How many people have you seen fall? The only people that are falling are those that are being killed by Fulani headsmen. And the bandits. COVID is not making anybody fall here. What am I trying to say? I may be referring to COVID, but uh, uh, you can apply it anywhere in your finances. You can apply it in your relationship. Jesus is Lord. Let it be settled. Hallelujah. But because he is Lord, he may not always be in the front of the boat. Sometimes you'll go to the boat and see how you'll respond. Then after he will come and give his conclusion. This is what happened. After he had rebuked the wind, somebody said, thank you that he always arises for us. So it doesn't matter your state, he will arise for you. He rebuked the wind, calmed the sea. And then he came to them, verse 14, and said to them, why are you so fearful? He was asking them a very simple question, which I ask myself from time to time. Why are you so fearful? What's making you afraid? So afraid, not even just that you're afraid. Why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? Now, let's look at why he can ask them that question. Because he's a teacher, and teachers don't reprimand you for something they hadn't taught you before. Quickly, come with me to Mark chapter, uh, begin earlier past part of Mark chapter 4. Um, okay, verse 2 says, Then he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in this teaching, Listen, behold, a soul went out to sow. And it happened as he saw that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was caught because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced. Some thirtyfold, some sixty and some a hundredfold. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, verse 10, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given, to me and you, to both of us, to us it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing, they may see and not perceive. Hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven. Verse 13, let's all read together, everybody. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then 
Will you understand all the parables? This is a weighty statement. I think we've looked at this in church before. We look at this is a weighty statement. It says, if you don't understand this, how then will you understand all? Not some, all. What was he saying? He was saying that the understanding of this is fundamental to your comprehension of the things of the kingdom. What are the basic things in this, quickly? Is that the seed, which is the word of God, never fails. Hearts may fail, but the word never fails. The sower went out to sow. And the seed that brought forth fruit was what? The seed that met with what? Good ground. The seed that met with stony ground, the Bible says what? The devil came quickly and what? Stole it. The best of the air came and took it and it was the devil. Now, what is the lesson there? Praise God. The lesson there is so I just don't miss it. It says, when you hear the word of God, I beg you, it was not just to excite you. It was to be sown inside of your heart. The psalmist said, how shall a young man cleanse his ways? He says what? By taking heed according to you. And then he says, your word I have what? Heed in my heart. It's what that is planted that delivers you. What that flies over your head may excite you. But when you need it, you will find it. We said here, we said faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? What do you think the devil will fight? He will fight the word. Because when the word is not there, faith will not be there. So the stony ground is the ground that does not even allow the word to enter. The devil comes and steals it. And it's amazing. I don't know the percentage. I don't know your quota of your 24 hours that you give to listening to the word of God. 45 minutes sermon on Sunday. 45 minutes sermon on Wednesday. If you're able to do both of that, it's not enough. In a sermon, the things that are said to you in a sermon that you need for life, you don't know how much of it. You need to listen and listen and listen and listen and listen again. When God was speaking to Joshua, he didn't say to him the words that you have heard. He said, this book of the law, what? Shall not depart from your mouth. You will do what? Meditate on it day and night. Paul writing to Timothy said, give attention. Praise the Lord. You must give attention. Young boys, young girls, little children, old children. If you knew the world like you knew Tom and Jerry, you'll be driving out devils in your school. Sorry, you don't even know Tom and Jerry. Which one is the one then? Tom and Jerry is old school. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must give attention. He said this, if you don't know this parable, you don't know what he's saying. The seed comes and it is the seed. It is the original seed. But the devil steals the original seed. Say, the devil will not steal my seed again. Every word of God that is in your, sent in your direction, make sure you grasp it. Make sure you contend with it. Paul saying to Timothy, says, by these prophecies, you should do what? Wage a good warfare. It means when you hear the word like this one, you're here. When you go home, don't just move on. No, take it and war with it. Pray with it. You know, ask questions about it. Ask the Lord to put this in your heart. A few weeks back, about a month ago, we looked at enjoying God. Did you war with it? Did you take, did you bow your knees in prayer and say, Lord, I want to be an enjoyer of God. 
I want to delight in. I want you to be sweet to me more than my necessary food. Did you do that? If you didn't do that, it's very possible the devil has stolen that word. And even though it was given to you, and the danger of that, praise God, very quickly. The danger of that is this. Examinations are set on syllables. Once it is covered in class, it can come out. They will ask you, do you remember it? Now, what it means is this. Any word that God permits to be spoken to you is recorded that you are aware of it. And permission is granted to test you. Let me show you something in the scripture. Verse 16. Let's read 16 and 17. It says this likewise, the second group. It says this likewise are one shown on stony ground. Who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for what? Persecution arises for what? The word's sake is simply called examination. Pastor King reminded us that when the persecution happened in the early church, the apostles didn't leave. You know why they didn't leave? Jesus told them. They may, not, they may not have taught the new Christians that, but they themselves were taught. Jesus kept telling them, the son of man will be betrayed, and all of you will be persecuted for my name's sake. So when he came, they had already prepared. You see, the English people say to be forewarned is what? Is to be forearmed. How come so many Christians, we are forewarned every Sunday. I mean, those, for those who they teach the truth. You're forewarned every Sunday, you're forewarned every time. Why are you not armed? Why are you not armed? You ought to be armed. You ought to be armed. It's not taken by surprise. It says persecution will arise for the world's sake. I've told you the story here about many years ago in the former church. We taught on simple Christianity and what Jesus actually said. You know what we say many times now is not what Jesus said. We reminded ourselves that Jesus said if they slap you on the right cheek, you should turn the left. And we're looking at those scriptures, you know, if someone asks you for them. And somebody who was in church went out. The next week, he went to buy gas, buy fuel. And while he was standing beside his car, waiting for you know, them to fill up his sack, somebody walked up to him and gave him a hot slap. They were not quarreling, they were not struggling, nothing. And then he wanted to respond. He's a very strong man. He looks like Superman. He wanted to respond. He remembered, he remembered the sermon. And then he kept quiet. Luckily, I don't think the person gave him the second slap. But persecution will arise for the world's sake. And more so when you have opened your mouth and you say this, I am this. I am the righteousness of God. When you are the righteousness of God, they will test you in righteousness. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you say I am rich, then they will test you in giving. When you, anything, when you say I am healed, like, you know, I, I think, I can't remember. I think it's um, from the Bible school. When they, when they say proof, when you say I am healed... Then do what healed people do. Don't say I'm healed and then you cover yourself with blanket. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is, it says if you don't understand this, you can't understand all the parables. So the word comes and the word will be tested. Let me hear you say tested. The word will be tested. Somebody might be saying, no, it's better I don't hear. The ones you've heard are enough. The word will be tested. So it goes on and on and on until where the seed encounters good ground. What is the Lord teaching us there? He says, I send the word, you must receive it with good ground. The heart matters. The heart matters. The word that comes, you must capture it. You must take it in. And then on the day and in the moment of trial, you must be able to stand. And when you stand, you will see the result. That's what Jesus said to them. What happened to you? I just finished teaching you people. 
What did he teach them? He taught them the word and he said, persecution will arise. Their own was very simple. What was their word? Let us cross over to the other side. What was the test? The wind coming in contrary direction. So they could have just gotten up and said, wind, you're only joking. We're going to read the other side. They would have passed the exam. But when they saw the wind, they nullified the word. You will not nullify the word because of your circumstances. Let's rise on our faith. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. You can put First Timothy 1, please, verse 18. Let us wage some good warfare by the words we've heard. By the words we've heard. How many of us have heard that Jesus bore the stripes for our healing on his back? That word should make, give you confidence that no, whatever tries to come upon you in form of sickness, you can say, with his stripes, I have been what? Healed. And you stand in it. You stand in it. You know he watches your path. He knows he knows the path that you take. After he has tested you, you will comfort as God. So no matter the tribulation, no matter the trial you're going through, just look to the time. I don't know if you do that, but I do that. When I pass some circumstances, I project forward to when I'll be sharing the testimony. That's what I do. I'm telling you. I just project forward to when I've learned the lesson and, you know, I've passed the exam. Many times I don't know how I feel sometimes, but I just project I don't consume myself with immediate. I just say, my God will bring me through. I say he will take me through. Praise the Lord. Didn't he say that those who overcome, I shall. That means he expects you to overcome. And if he expects you to overcome, the grace will be given to you. Praise the Lord. And thank God the grace is not just going to be given. To us, grace has been given. So all of that is existing already. Thank you. He says, this charge I commit to you, brothers and sisters. According to the prophecies previously made concerning that by them you do what? You may wage the good warfare. I want you to remind yourself, what did the word of God say to me? What is the Lord saying to me? What has he said? And take yourself over and beyond the circumstances, the wind. Take yourself beyond them by the word, by the word. The word can never fail. We understand that the heavens and the earth are being sustained by this very word. Is it in my life that it will fail? Refuse that the word will not fail. Say it cannot fail. Not in my marriage. Not in my home. Not in my child. Not No, the word will not fail. Every word of God. He says his promises are yes and are amen. Has he said it? Will he not do it? This God we serve, he watches over his word and is eager to perform it. Those who wait upon on the Lord. They will mount up with wings as eagles. I want you to wage a good warfare. I don't know the situation you came to church with. I don't know the circumstance that has been following you. Quit projecting what the enemy is projecting to you. Refuse it. Cast down every imagination. Pull it down. Pull it down. Say it is not so. I refuse that it will end that way. I hold to the world. Wage a good warfare. Santa. I need you to call upon the name of the Lord. And for some of them, you might just need to rebuke some spirit. That spirit of fear. That spirit of fear. I rebuke that spirit. That spirit of love. Whatever it is that may be making you think that the word of God cannot be. I need you to ask a rising for strength to come in your inner man that you may be able to stand yes there is a, somebody is feeling the pain in the body now you are feeling the symptoms in the body but the word says with the stripes of Jesus I have healed you you are living in a nation now and you see all the things that are happening but there is a God in heaven yes there is a God in heaven 
we may have president and the co and co in Asorok and where they are, but there is God in heaven higher than Asorok, higher than all the institutions in Nigeria. He rules in the affairs of men, and only his counsel shall come to pass. He said, Not a sparrow will fall to the ground without your heavenly father, you shall not die but you shall live to declare the counsel of the Lord. That is the God we serve. That is what it says. Now, 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 the Christian cannot die by accident. It's only a plan. It is when, it says, when you finish the race, it says, enter into your race. Lord, we exalt you. We worship you. Yes, you are the Lord. You are the Lord. Quiet, help me. Yes, you are the Lord. He's the only one that is most high. He's the only one that is most high. He's the only one that is most high. Yes, you are the Lord. Let's hallow the Lord above situations, above circumstances, above experiences. Yes, you are the Lord. I need you to hallow him. I need you to lift him above every circumstance, above every experience, above every encounter. Yes, you are. He's the Lord over Nigeria, over my body, over your bones, over your blood, over your respiratory system, over your finances, over your marital status. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. Yes, you are. the Lord. Let's exalt him. Be thou exalted above all heaven. Let's just bless him. Let's just bless him. Let's just bless him. This is what we do. We know whom we have believed and we are being, we are so confident. We are fully persuaded. That all that he has spoken to us and all that we commit back into his hands is faithful to keep. Lord, we bless you. You are the Lord. That is your name. Your glory will share with no man. We worship you. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The mighty God. The one who raises kings and brings down kings. The one who changes times and situations. The one who blows away the plagues. Even this coronavirus pandemic, we ask that it be blown away in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that your name will be exalted above all. Let the praise of you ring through the earth. We bless you, our King and our God. Receive all the glory. For in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Hallelujah.
You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikina Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.